0: They'll see him after the service, right? George has two children and so forth. So George is a graduate. He's uh, from Ghana, uh, from the Kumasi area, attended Kunst University and uh, excelled, came to South Dakota State. Come on up, George. Came up to South Dakota State University, excelled, and uh, graduated his Ph.D. degree in uh, chemistry and got is using him in uh, the New York area and uh, just a blessing on his life amen george we love you appreciate you his wife francesca uh, they, how many years have you been married now 3 years 3 years and uh, so and she's from desmit also an stsu grad and stuff so so and you'll see her afterwards But let's welcome george all right as he comes up. thank you papa praise the lord hallelujah we thank the lord for An opportunity like this to share the word with everyone today. And it's great to be home again. Amen. I had to change travel plans quickly just to escape the storm. And I thank God that I'm home. Amen. Just in time. Just in time. And um, I never cease to thank you, Papa. God bless you so much for the training that I've had, you and Pastor Ginny. And um, all the leaders in the church for the training that I've had over the years in the house of God. And um, everywhere we are, there is a part of holy life that comes with us. And it's all the fruit that is from your ministry. The fruit of your lives. Amen. Amen. And we thank God for you. Let's put our hands together for Papa and Mom. And all the leadership in the church, Pastor Randing and Angeline, let's clap for them. Great leaders, great leaders. This morning, I am privileged to share with us a sermon that I have titled, Emmanuel. And I think the songs that we have sang this morning are very much in line with my message today. Mom, you're in the spirit. By the way, she didn't know what I was going to share. So, God bless us. Amen. God with us. God with us. And um, Kids Rock, who has Kids Rock today? Yes. Let's go out to Kids Rock. Start right now. Let's put our hands together for all of our wonderful kids and great ministration today as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Say, Emmanuel. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1 and read from verse 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that is before they consummated their marriage, before they actually got married, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a righteous man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Next verse. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. There is only one name that commands respect in heaven, commands respect on earth, and even in hell. And that is the name of Jesus. You have to understand that names are important. And that's the reason why God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Because names have meanings and names have implications. And when you study the scriptures carefully, the scriptures tell us that Jesus was given the most honorable name. The name he assumed as Savior. The name he assumed as Messiah. The name he assumed as God with us. Exemplifies and typifies who he is, and what his life and his purpose is really about. So when we study or when we talk about Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus is God. Amen. And Jesus is a man. It is the greatest mystery. Even the angels have a hard time wrapping their minds How that God walks in the body of a man named Jesus. And yet it is true. And why is this so? God's plan through the Messiah, as the Bible shows us, was hidden. Even though it was ministered through the prophets, it was hidden through the ages. The one thing the Jews knew was that God would send a Messiah. God would send a Savior. They simply didn't know the details. But the sending of the Savior was necessary because of the fall of man. So when we go back to Genesis, we find that Adam falls. As the Bible says, all have fallen from the glory of God. Falling short of the glory of God. So there was a glory That man had in the garden. The glory which he lost. And losing the glory came along with losing the kingdom and the kingdom authority. So it was necessary that God sends the Messiah to restore the glory. To restore the kingdom. And to restore the power. So when Jesus prays he says for thine is the power. For thine is the kingdom and the glory. Because that is what was lost in the garden. Now you have to understand that Adam's fall was not a mistake. Can I say that to you again? Adam's fall was not a coincidence. Adam's fall was not because he made a mistake. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. Adam's fall was very intentional. It was high treason. Hello? Okay. Let's, you see, when you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible shows us something. You know, when I was in Sunday school, they told us that Adam was in the farm. You can pull up Genesis 3, 6 if you have it. I know I, didn't, I probably didn't give that to you. They told us that Adam was in the farm when the serpents came. And the serpent deceived Eve. And Adam came and didn't know what happened. And just ate the fruit her wife, his wife gave him. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says she also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. What that tells you is all the time Satan was talking to the woman, Adam was there. Adam was watching. He was listening. And When she ate the fruit, nothing happened. Why? Because the instruction was not given to Eve. The instruction was given to Adam. And then God created the woman, pulled the woman out of the man. And it was the man's responsibility to show the woman what God had said. So Adam didn't do anything about God talking to, about the devil talking to Eve. And went ahead and ate the fruit. So when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says that Eve was deceived. So Eve was lied to, but Adam was not deceived. The Bible specifically tells us that. Let's look at 1 Timothy 2, 14. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into a transgression. So, you have to understand how grievous the fall of man was. Man, Adam, did this intentionally against God. Now, what do you suppose someone who intentionally has so much power and has so much glory in in the same class as God, what do you suppose, what kind of punishment do you suppose he's worthy of? Eternal condemnation. Eternal condemnation. Because when Satan sinned, there is no record that there was any recompense for his sins. And Adam falls from God's glory. Intentionally. Intentionally. The woman didn't do it intentionally, but he did it intentionally. So for some... Now imagine if somebody... As humans, if someone intentionally offends you, and you know the person is doing it intentionally, what would you do? What would your reaction be? But God is a God of love. The reason I'm describing this to you is because I want you to see something about the character of God. Something about his nature, which is expressed and revealed in the person of Jesus. So after the fall of Adam, God now starts his plan. And through the prophets, he is speaking. Prophecy after prophecy, revelation after revelation, God is talking about the coming Messiah for thousands of years. Theologians tell us that from the time God made the promise to Abraham to the time Jesus arrived was 42 generations Every generation is a hundred years. That is 4,200 years. 4,200 years. And God is watching over his word to perform it. Every detail about Jesus' life. This is not just a story. It's reality that God came among us and walked among us. 42 generations from Abraham. 700 years from the time Isaiah spoke that the virgin will give birth to a son. 700 years from Isaiah. If it were today, we would say Isaiah is a false prophet. Right? Because Isaiah himself didn't even live to see the fulfillment of his prophecy. But God was watching over his word to perform. Because of his love for mankind. Because of his love for mankind. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Because the prophecy that Isaiah gives is very instructive. He says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. So Isaiah tells us, he's already said that this son will be born by a virgin. But he tells us the son is born. So God gives us a son. But the word translated "a son is given. The word given means to deliver up. In the way that you deliver up someone for judgment. So Isaiah was telling them he will be born as a son, as a child. But when he is a man, the word translated as there means youth or young man. When he is a young man, he will be delivered up. And after he is delivered up and died for our sins, the government will be on his shoulder. So Jesus begins his kingdom from his ascension with the church. His shoulder, meaning the body of Christ, now comes into a place of power. Comes into a place of authority. Comes into a place of rulership. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Adonai. Because he calls him wonderful. He calls him counselor. He calls him mighty God. So he's not just a man, but he is God. And he calls him everlasting father. Past and future. Everlasting. Prince of peace. Praise God. This Jesus we serve. Who is Jesus? Who is Emmanuel? Emmanuel is God in the flesh. Notice that the prophet doesn't say his name means God is with us. Even though that would be true. He says God with us. Or... With us is God. That's the meaning of Emmanuel. Only two meanings. God with us or with us is God. Meaning this son that is coming, this person that has arrived is God. In our presence. Living among us. walking among us. Healing the sick. Healing the broken hearted. Preaching the good news of the kingdom. With us is God. It means peace has arrived. Peace has arrived. When the angels came to the shepherds, they said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. This is our message today. We don't serve a God who has a sledgehammer looking to strike everybody's head at the slightest mistake they make. That's not who he is. Yes, he will judge the world. But the message he sent us to share with the world is that he is extending a branch of peace. Peace and goodwill toward men. And we want to remind everyone, our job as believers is that God has sent us as agents of peace into the world. Agents of peace. When there is confusion and we arrive, there should be peace. When there is crisis and we arrive, there is peace. Because Emmanuel, our God, is always with us. So, why did God choose to do it this way? He could have sent an angel. Right? He's God. Even Jesus himself in the garden. When he went to his father, he said, "Father, all things are possible with you." Do you know what that means? He was asking his dad, I mean, is there is there any alternative? Because all things are possible with God. And yet the Bible says, "it behooved him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation" Perfect through sufferings. God sent his son. The best he ever had. Gave to the world. The best he ever had. The best he ever had. Jesus is the best that God ever had. Or ever will have. Did you hear what I said? There is nobody behind him. There is nobody before him. He is the only begotten of the Father. The only begotten of the Father. The Bible says by whom he made the worlds. Listen, because God is a spirit, his character is really revealed in his words. You understand what I mean? When God speaks, his words are not empty. His words are not just percussions in the air. No, no. When God speaks, his word is a spirit. And his word has life. That's why Hebrews says the word of God is living and active. Notice he doesn't say the word of God is alive. He says the word of God is living. In other words, the word of God has life giving power. And everything that God has Ever said. Everything that God is saying today. And everything that God will ever say. Is tabernacled in the person of Jesus. So the Bible says he was in the world. And the world was made by him. And yet the world knew him not. Why? How was he in the world? How was he in the world? He was in the world as the word. Before he had a body. Before he had hair and fingernails. He existed as the living word of God. This is the same word that was spoken in the beginning. And because his word becomes whatever he says. That word put on flesh. And we called him Emmanuel. We called him Jesus. He's walking among men. And yet he is God. He sleeps like everybody else. And yet he is God. The angels see him and they recognize him. The demons see him and they recognize him. This is the son of the living God. This is the God we serve. This is the God that you serve. This is the God that I serve. And we have to recognize what he's called us to accomplish on his behalf. Why did God choose to do it this way? Why did he decide to come amongst us? It was a risk. Do you understand? It was a risk. Because if he failed, it meant that God had failed. Because he is God. If he sinned, it meant that God had sinned. And this is the reason Satan himself was very interested in knowing who the Messiah was. He didn't know until he was revealed. Because because he was a man, he could potentially, he had his own will. He could potentially do whatever he wanted. And yet submitted himself to his father. Why? Because of one thing. I'll share three things with you. One, because of the love of God. Because God is love. This is the reason I explained Adam's situation. Because God, despite all of our mistakes, loves us. Loves us like no other. Loves us without an end. The angels thought, who are these creatures? What is man that you care so much for him? What is man? And yet you love him. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you. God loves the world. And the message of Christmas... The message about the birth, the birth of Jesus Christ, is a message to the world that God is not casting men away. God is drawing men to himself. God is drawing you to himself. Everlasting love. He cannot but love. He cannot. He can't do anything outside of love. And this is the reason, you know, in the Old, in, in the old Testament they did not have an accurate understanding, a complete picture of what God was like. So God revealed himself by different names. He revealed himself at sundry times in different ways. And the only way they understood him was those glimpses, those pictures and snippets. But in Jesus, the Bible says, For in him dwelleth the Godhead bodily. So, the other time when he was talking to his disciples just before he went to the cross, Philip said, You've been talking about your father. Show us your father. And then this whole conversation is over. Jesus was actually surprised that Philip asked that question. He said, Philip, you're asking me this question? I mean, I've been this time with you, and you're asking me, show us the Father? Right. Don't you know whoever has seen me right. has seen the Father? Yeah. So, in Jesus, we understand completely who God is, yeah. what He is like. Yeah. The Lord does not accurately describe Him. Right. Isaiah couldn't fully describe Him, Jeremiah couldn't fully describe Him. Yet, Jesus embodies. The completeness of God. Because of his love. The second reason why God chose to do it this way. To walk among us as Emmanuel. Is because of his faithfulness. Do you recognize that we serve a faithful God? He is faithful. He is faithful. Sometimes we forget that he is faithful. Tell somebody, God is faithful. Let it sink. God is faithful. 4,200 years. Has he forgotten what he said? No. Through the famine. Through the abundance. Through times of peace. And times of war. Throughout the days of the prophets and the judges. Throughout All seasons and time. God is faithful to his promise. Watching to fulfill his word. Watching to fulfill his word. Let's look at Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. God is faithful. God is faithful. I want you to take courage today. That you serve a faithful God. Gabriel said... My words shall be fulfilled in its season. So God has a season that he fulfills his word. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Listen. He honors his word. If you honor him. There is only one thing you learn about God. He respects his word. And he honors his word. And I want you to hold on, hold on to the word of God. Hold on to his promises. The high priest, Zechariah, should have known better. He was in the, he was in the Holy of Holies when Gabriel appeared to him. And he said, how is this possible? And yet God had spoken. God had spoken. Whatever God has said about you, listen, it will come to pass. Whatever God has said about your children, it will come to pass. Because we serve a living and a faithful God. We live in a fallen world and sometimes there are things that we don't understand. And because we don't understand all things, sometimes we think God is late. But he is not. He's never late. He's never too early. He's always on time. The Bible says, in due time, God sent his son. In due time. In due time. Because he is a faithful God. He is faithful. Never forgetting his promises. Think about it today. Jesus. Thousands of years. Thousands of years. But the promise was fulfilled. And guess what? It's been 2,000 years and over. He said he's coming back. He said he's coming back. And I trust that he is a faithful God. This world cannot be destroyed or controlled by any other people. It's impossible. The owner, the king of kings, let earth receive her king. This king, Jesus, he says he's coming back. And he's faithful. He will. He will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the last attribute of God, the reason why he did it this way is because of his power. It's one thing to be loving. It's one thing to be faithful. But it's different when you don't have the power to make it happen. Praise God. We serve an almighty God. We serve an all-powerful God who makes everything out of nothing. The Bible says he calls those things that be not as though they were. All-powerful God, incomparable, surpassing in his might. So he speaks by the mouth of the prophet and he says, I'll give you a sign. I'll give you a sign. A virgin will give birth. That sounds like the craziest idea ever. It's humanly impossible. It's humanly impossible. It's impossible without the seed of a man and the seed of a woman coming together. It's impossible to have a child. And yet, the almighty God says, I'll give you a sign. This is the most impossible miracle. There are impossible miracles in the Bible. You know, one of them is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The other one is his birth. Impossible. Gabriel told Mary, go talk to your cousin, Elizabeth. Because she's six months pregnant. And the angels told Mary, he said, with God, all things are possible. I came to tell you today, with your God, with my God, all things, not some things, but all things. What is all? Everything minus nothing. All things are possible with God. And this is the importance of Emmanuel because not only is he with us, but he is also revealed in us. And Jesus said, with God all things are possible. It may be impossible with you, but with God, Amen. all things are possible. Amen. So all these times, Mary was about 15 or 16 years when this prophecy happened. Young woman, and she's thinking, how is this going to happen? How is this possible? Zechariah was thinking, how is this, how's this possible? How is this possible? Do you know why they always thought about how possible? Because they looked at themselves. They looked at themselves. They looked at the situation. Zechariah is thinking, I'm too old for this. I mean, this is the high priest talking. Not some ordinary guy. I'm too old. This ain't going to happen. Gabriel said, I stand before God. My word will come to pass. Because with God, all things are possible. Mary is thinking, how shall this be? The angel said, with God, all things are possible. And notice what Mary says. Then she says, be it unto me according to your word. What has God spoken What has God said to you? Today, celebrating Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the birth of our Savior, we must remember His faithfulness. We must remember His love. And we must remember that He is the Almighty who is able to perform what He says. It may look impossible with men, and that's okay. Because that is the world of man. But Emmanuel, with God, all things are possible. That's my message to you today. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Mary trusted him. Zechariah learned to trust him. Elizabeth learned to trust him. They all trusted. The prophets of old, they trusted God. They spoke the prophecy. And some of them didn't even see it, but they trusted that he was a faithful God. He never forgets his promise. And I came to tell you today, God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten his promises to you. In Jesus... We see the love of God. We see the faithfulness of God. We see the power of God. And I pray this morning that this Christmas season you remember the reason for this season. That he loves you like no other. And he will be faithful to fulfill his word even if you are the only person on earth who needed it. He will do it for you. 4,200 years. What was God waiting for? Mary. What was God planning for? A young girl. In some village somewhere. That nobody knew. To fulfill his word. I want you to be on your feet today. And I want to pray with you. Think about our master. Think about our savior. Think about the fact that he was born and laid in a manger. The manger was not just a basket. The manger was the place where they kept the lambs who were earmarked for sacrifice. That's where they kept them. So he wasn't just laid in a manger because there was no place. God was fulfilling his word. That this child wrapped and laid in this manger is my sacrifice for mankind. I want you to bless his name today. I want you to honor him. Give him praise. Thank him for his love. Thank him for his faithfulness to you. Thank him for his power toward you. Thank Him. Thank Him. We give you glory, O oh God. We give you honor, O oh God. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for Jesus, the light of the world. Thank you for Jesus, the Savior of mankind. Thank you that we have been rescued because of your Son. Because of your love, because of your faithfulness, delivered by your power from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your, of your light, the kingdom of your dear Son, we give you glory. We give you praise, oh Jesus. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, your name is called. Emmanuel, God with us. Your is called, Emmanuel. Your name is called, Emmanuel. The Lord, the Lord is asking me to tell you It's never hopeless. Because he is your hope. And he sent you Jesus as an assurance. His word as an assurance. He says to tell you, I want you to be sure. That I'll keep my word to you. I will. So, Father, we honor you today. We give you praise and glory for Jesus, Emmanuel, your son that you sent to be our propitiation, to be our redemption, to be our righteousness. We thank you, Jesus. And, Father, we surrender to your love. We trust your faithfulness. And we walk in your power. We thank you, Jesus. For what you have done for us. We give you glory. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen and Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Loved it, loved it. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at at Brookings.net